Hey guys, welcome back to the Yolt Christian Podcast. I'm here with Codis again today, man. What is up? How we doing? I'm doing good. We just okay. So we just finished that whole conversation with Madeline, and that was something. Hour twenty five. Hour twenty five. And guys, I know if you're listening to this, this is gonna be your super quick episode, by the way. Um, oh, but yeah. if you're if you're well, listening to this, say that. But well, yeah, it, I, I think it will be. Um, <laughs> but if you if you want to, you know, learn how to rid yourself of anxiety, depression, or a bunch of other mental disorders, if you want to learn what's the root of that, what's the cause of it, and because it's not a mental disorder that you're born with like you think it is, and you want to learn how to overcome that, go watch that other episode with Madeline. It's so knowledgeable. Um, so good. She she is so anointed. Like, yes. it's, it's insane. Um, and, and anyway, she has an incredible redemption story, how God delivered her from fentanyl and all these other things and so it's crazy she's tried every kind of hallucinogenic every kind of drug and god delivered her from that all for a reason and it's absolutely amazing seeing what god's doing in her life um but anyways i say all of that because today we're going to continue the matthew series um on matthew chapter 11 but before we get into that codis i've got a really important question i gotta ask you give it to me okay would you rather be like job like live throughout like job's story or would you rather be Judas? Oh, um, shoot! I don't know because I mean, <laughs> I don't want to betray Jesus. So uh-huh. I mean, ooh, what would you do? You know, it, I guess it really depends because nobody t- can really know um, this, the you know this uh, whether Judas went to hell, right? Um, but like, and That's we, right. I've always wondered that, like. Well, th- this th- this is a topic I'm kind of passionate about, so we'll have to make a, a separate video on that. Um, I'll write it down. <laughs> okay. Um, because a lot of people don't think he, d- he did, and I'm not going to say whether he did or didn't. Um, or sorry, a lot of people do not think he went to heaven. I'm not going to say whether he did or didn't, um, because obviously I don't know. But I, there's some interesting scripture that I like to point out whenever people ask that question. Um, so we'll have to get into that. But I think personally, I think I'd rather be Joe. Or, yeah, Joe. Um, it really sucked. Like his life was great. And then it really, 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 really sucked. Like so bad to the point where he didn't even speak for days when his friends were sitting next to him because he was like, mm. so like torn apart because his family lost possession, all that fun stuff. Um, but in the end, God rewarded him for remaining faithful. And that's who I want to be remembered as somebody that remained faithful, you know? Yeah, it's true. So, um, I mean, both, well, I'm not gonna say both lives sucked because, I mean, Judas' life's only sucked because he kind of messed it up himself. That's true. That I mean, technically his fault. Right? That's true. Yeah, Is that I, right to say? Well, okay, so here, here's another question then. Was he predestined to betray Jesus, and would God hold him accountable for that? Oof. See, now we're getting into the predestination stuff, and I, I'm not educated enough on that <laughs> to talk about that. Well, so I'm just going to veer a little left. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough question because, like, of mm-hmm. course, it goes back to anything that we say, you know. Because uh, then again, like predestination, because God knows technically, mm-hmm. but we are given free will. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why that question kind of throws people off because it, it really, what do you believe about free will and predestination? Mm-hmm. Of course, what we talked about in this podcast is that we believe that we have the free will to choose, but God knows the outcome. And mm-hmm. so um, and so if we go with that, then that means that, of course, Judas is going to be held accountable for his own actions. Rather than somebody who believes in predestination, they're going to believe that uh, God's not going to hold them accountable or Judas accountable for his mm-hmm. actions because he had to do it in order for God to fulfill his plan. But anyways, well, one sec. I want to give everyone a bit of conviction here. You know, everyone, everyone keeps saying like, oh, why would Judas give up Jesus for 30 silver or whatever? Like, why would they do that? 
but we do it every day for free. Ooh. Think about it. Like, Ooh. you know? Every day that we, we do something selfishly, we are mm-hmm. figuratively, figuratively re-nailing him to that cross. Exactly. I forget, what, I forget what reference that is. I think it's uh, Hebrews chapter 6, I think. Um, I could be wrong on that, but that is crazy. Well, I think you're right. That's crazy. Yeah. The fact, the fact that we're re-nailing him. So uh, I forget the reference also, but um, it's something along the lines of, uh, I think it's First John chapter 2, I think. Uh, basically, it's like saying for the people that are amongst the church, like if they left the church or if they left the salvation, it's because they were never really a part of the salvation. Um, and so, like, true. If, if you look at that, like, the people, because it, it, then it goes in, uh, it's either that verse or another reference, but it says that, like, um, for somebody that truly, this might be Hebrews chapter 4, um, but it might be First John as well. I, can't, I always get them swapped. Um, but it basically just says that for somebody, if they experience the love of Christ and then they still choose to, to leave, this might be the same reference as the one I was saying before about reading out to the cross. Um, but if they experience the love of God and they choose to leave, they can never be or they can never come back to repentance is what that says. Um, or never come back to salvation because like you experience God, but yet you chose to leave. He's like, nah, it's like getting stabbed in the back, you know, because it's, it's you are re-nailing him to the cross. So like mm-hmm. at that point, it's like, well, shoot. Okay. Um, I had to look up that verse. I probably need to have that verse memorized if I'm going to quote it so often, because it's such a, a taboo verse. I feel like, um, but anyways, <laughs> But yeah, for sure we do. We really do nail him to the cross every single day. And anyways, um, self conviction. I guess you got me convicted, so I imagine you got a lot of convicted too. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I well, I guess to answer the question, uh, would you rather, Codis? Um, who would you rather be? Job, job, job. job whatever. Job. I don't know. I like the job. Yeah, job's good. <laughs> um, Go job. Yeah. It, and if you read like Job this story that he goes like the, the torment that he goes through. It's, it, it's crazy. And like the, the funny thing is, and this is, I say it's funny cause it's not really funny, but like the, the last, <laughs> yeah. the last person to live was his nagging wife, you know? So like how much like Satan knew Job and knew his relationship with his wife enough to know to leave his wife to be last to be killed because he knew his wife would nag him nearly to death. Like for real, though his wife. That's I don't why say, I'm staying single. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't mean that. Like, like that's a bad stereotype for like a marriage stereotype. But like, because of course, <laughs> not all wives are nagging by any means. But like, it's just funny though because of course, in a relation, a marital relationship, like your wife is supposed to be someone you depend on and like you trust their counsel. And so, like Job, like his his counsel, he's supposed to be trusted with his wife, who was saying like, uh, "Turn from God" is basically what she was saying, and he's like, "No." Mm-hmm. And so, of course, he kept the faith. Um, but anyways, moving that on. Is, that is faith right there. Like, yeah, yeah. That is strong faith. Very strong faith. Um, but we're going to just dive right into Matthew chapter 11. Um, basically, kind of recap Matthew chapter 10 was Jesus gave this big motivational speech to his disciples saying, Hey, um, I would need you all to go preach to the, the Jews, not the Gentiles quite yet, but the Jews first off. Uh, bring them to salvation. Bring them to me. Point to me as their Messiah. And uh, so he went through this big, long speech, and it was really cool. He, he told him, like, up front, he's like, this is the stuff that you'll encounter. He said, people are going to slander you. People are going to hate you. People are going to put you in jail. People are going to do all these things, but it'll be fruitful in the end. And so uh, perfect motivational speech. I loved it. Um, but now we moved into Matthew chapter 11, and Jesus, he just got finished that, that motivational speech, right? Um, and so John the Baptist actually is in prison at this point because, remember, he was preaching or he was preparing the way for Jesus. Um, before now and so then he got thrown into jail he's thrown in prison 
And while he was in prison, I imagine he'd been there for quite some time at this point. But yeah. he, while, while he was in prison, he heard of all these great things that Jesus was doing. Because remember, he had been healing people, healing the lepers, uh, leopard, uh, healing the paralyzed, healing the, um, the blind, you know, performing all of these fantastic miracles, including many a times where he was casting out demons. And so John the Baptist, while in prison, heard all these great things that his cousin, Jesus, was doing. And so um, he actually, so of course he's in prison. So he had, he had many disciples, John the Baptist did. And so these disciples were coming to visit him in, this is all in Matthew chapter 11. His disciples were coming to visit him in prison. And so I guess he, the disciples heard about the news of Jesus. And so they relayed that information to John. So that, I guess that's how he heard about it. Um, but he sent his disciples then to, um, to ask, to really to go find Jesus and then ask him, uh, is he who they had been waiting for, the Messiah? So let me ask you this, because in the previous chapter, he talked about the faith that John the Baptist had and how he basically knew that Christ was the Messiah because they were cousins. Mm-hmm. They were raised together. He knew from the from the get go that his job was to prepare the way for Christ. So why do you think John had his disciples go ask Jesus, are you really the Messiah that we've been waiting for? I don't know. That's a really good question. I feel like maybe to test their faith, I guess. I, so yeah. They could yeah. have confirmation. Perfect. I think you're exactly right. I think he didn't. He did it not for. <laughs> I think he did it not for him, but rather for them, so that they could know. Because his because disciples, like he knew he was exactly. he was Jesus's cousin. Like exactly, and you know, like his disciples had been trained to do what he was doing, which is preparing the way. But by mm-hmm. asking them to go find the Messiah and ask them if he was the Messiah, it was basically him telling his disciples, but indirectly, like, look. You're no longer preparing the way for the Messiah because the Messiah is here. So now you need to follow him because, look, I'm in prison. You can't follow me anymore. Yeah, and so there's not many places I'm going to go. Exactly. And so these <laughs> – for real. And then you think of the time like a, I think it was – was it Paul or Peter? Somebody, one of the apostles, he got locked in prison, but an earthquake happened, like, and then he got out of prison. It Super was cool. Paul, I think. I think. I think you're right. Uh, it was one, one of the P's. P's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so many P's, man. Um, for real. But uh, so, yeah, so then John's disciples, not, not Jesus' disciples, John's disciples went to find Jesus. They asked him that. And then Jesus simply said, um, go. And this is what's interesting, because we just had that idea about why John sent the disciples. Jesus mm-hmm. said to tell him, referring to John, he said, go and tell him all that you've seen. And so now well, Jesus, messengers back and forth. Exactly. Jesus sent his John's disciples back to John to say, look. This is what we've seen. So now this is not only confirmation for the disciples, but it's also confirmation uh, for John, confirmation for John. But it's kind of like seeing the fruit of your labor, if you will, because like this whole time he's been like preparing the way. Right. And he hasn't Mm -hmm. seen any of the action. But now he's hearing of all of the things that are happening because he prepared the way. And so it's kind of like a a moment of self-realization, like I did something right. I did something good. And so <clears throat> I think uh, I think Jesus did that to kind of uplift John's spirits. That's not necessarily biblical. That's just me. Yeah, I know you're in prison, but you know. <laughs> but at least your work is fruitful. At least yeah. what you, you like, at least you're in prison for good reason. You know, like it, it paid off in the end. Yeah. So uh, I think that was uh, a <laughs> yeah it paid very, off. Very, yeah, I think that was very loving for of Jesus to do. Um, mm-hmm. But then, as soon as the disciples left to go tell John that message, Jesus turned around to his big crowd because again, he has a big crowd following him. And uh, he turned to him and says, look, John, he, he goes to talk and describe about John a little bit and how, like, you know, he was in the wilderness and, like, he was, you know, he looked hey, ragged. Locusts and, and honey. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, just add a little bit of sweetener. Um, <laughs> and so, but, like, no. So he was like, look, you aren't going to find somebody wearing fine linen out in the wilderness. But, like, he said, you were looking for a prophet when you all found John, right? You know, like, yeah. 
He's like, exactly. So, but here's the thing about John. He said, John is more than a prophet because he prepared the way for me. So there, the difference That's between so prophets, cool. exactly. Like you think of all the old Testament prophets, like you think of like Abraham and Abraham. I'm thinking more of like the, uh, the minor prophets. So like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Daniel, oh, yeah. Um, all can't forget about Amos. them. I know the the ones that we're so I easily forgetting. Forget Daniel is Old Testament. I don't know right? why. I always think he's New Testament. It, it feels like because he talks so much about Revelation. I feel like, but mm-hmm. uh, anyways, so like um, he says that John is more than a prophet. So he is more than all of those people, which were amazing people. He yeah. says he's more than a prophet, not because he, or sorry, he's more than prophet because one, he was a prophet, like he told people about me, or he predicted my coming, but also because he prepared the way for me. That makes him much greater. So there's a mm-hmm. difference in acknowledging the second coming for and like making it more relatable to today. There's a difference in acknowledging the second coming as there is for preparing the way for the second coming. Let's think about that for a second. Yeah. Wow. So, so we know that Jesus is coming soon. We tell people that all the time, but there's a difference yeah. between telling people that because we know it's a fact because we believe in the Bible. There's a difference, a difference between that and actually preparing the way. So, of course, our, our job right now is to go and make disciples. That's the Great Commission found in, I think it's Matthew 27. Yeah. Go make um, disciples of all nations. Exactly. And so I think there's a difference between somebody that announces as a prophet and says, hey, Jesus is coming soon, and somebody that announces that while uh, preparing the way for a second coming by making disciples. So just a little uh, side nugget, a little uh, gold nugget for you. little nugget. There it is. That's right. A little nugget. Little nuggets. Um, and then Jesus goes on to say again to this crowd, he says, there will be none greater than John. Um, and he, he's talking. Uh, Challenge accepted. No, I'm kidding. Right. He says, like, there is none greater than John. But he said, even the least of these in heaven will be greater than he is. Think about that. Wait, what? Say, yeah. say that again. He says that there is nobody greater than John. Because, of course, we talk about how great John is at this point. But he says, but yet, even the least of these, the least in heaven, is greater than he is. What? That's yeah. confusing. So to, let me ask you this. Does that mean that you have to be better than John the Baptist to get into heaven? Or does that mean heaven is such a great place that everybody is great? <laughs> um, I don't know how to necessarily word that. But like, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's necessarily like a competition of like, it's hard to get into heaven. More, more so, I think it's. Well, for something. some people it is. Well, <laughs> that's true. For rich men, it's definitely hard to get into heaven, as Jesus says. Oh, but. yeah. Which, if you live in America, you're rich, by the way. Even if, if you have an annual household income of, I think it's $35,000 a year, like household income, not just one person, household income of thirty five k, you are in the top 1% of the world. Really? Yep. It's something along those lines. So if you're in America, like, there's no way you're alive making only thirty five k in a, in a household. There it is. But, like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's very far-fetched, very difficult. It's, um, oh, yeah, it's hard to make. Just, like, $50,000 a year can be tough. Exactly. And and so I think the average household in Georgia is like 75, something like that. So like, really? Yeah. So, I mean, you're a billionaire here in Iowa. If that's your house. <laughs> well, I mean, that's for a household, not an individual. So that means, oh, you, that's th- that means you have each parent making, you know, a little over 30. So like 35 each. That's um, true, yeah. But with that being said, I think he's really saying, but even the least is of these is, uh, in heaven is greater than he is. I think he's just mm. really saying that. Um, heaven's going to be know. good. Good yeah, people. Exactly. So, And I think it's going to be full of servants, two people with servants' hearts. But um, I'll give everyone my jacket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but then Jesus goes on to say, um, because 
uh, old prophets, I forget which prophet it was, uh, again, the minor prophets at the end of the Old Testament, they go on or they say that the, uh, the person that prepares the way is actually Elijah. Um, and so plot twist. Yeah. And so Jesus actually says he doesn't correct the prophets, but rather he says, look, John is Elijah. He says he's not the resurrected Elijah. However, he is the person that took the prophetic role of Elijah. So he, he basically he so was why wasn't Elijah then the prophet. Um, so I think the Old Testament people said Elijah because he was the person that most represented who the prophet would be. And so when John the Baptist came, he fulfilled the job of the supposed Elijah. But people expected it to be the actual Elijah. And so um, Jesus kind of corrected that false assumption. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And so I think that, that that's kind of what Jesus has done a lot of times throughout Matthew so far. He's corrected the false assumptions that these Pharisees had made about the prophets. Um, He's good at that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, which, I mean, he is God, so I imagine he would be. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, God is him, but he, never mind. He pulled that <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I talked a little bit about that uh, in a, a TikTok. But, like, Jesus is God, but God is not him because it's similar to, like, how a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square, mathematically at least. And uh, It's too late for that, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, math, the math geeks or the ge- uh, geometry or trigonometry people understand it. <laughs> that class um, is tough. Yeah, I love geometry and trig. So I, you maybe, can take that class for me, man. <laughs> I, I'm not good at it anymore. I uh, I tried to have my <laughs> wife with it when she had that class in college, and I wasn't good at it. But I was really good at it back then. Um, but anyways, and then moving on, um, Jesus to finish up that kind of thing about John. He says, "Look, with anyone or anyone with ears to hear must listen and understand." And he said that a few times. Well, yes. In mine, it says, "Let anyone who has ears listen." Like he said that a few times in the Bible. I've seen. Yes, that's why I wrote it down because I know in Revelation he says it nonstop. Like in the yeah. first three chapters, it's at least six times. Um, he so, just like, wants everyone to hear. Well, yeah. I mean, he's saying if you have ears, like use them. Don't be stupid. <laughs> like I, I'm yeah. telling you the truth, and he gets into it a little bit more. But he's like, I'm telling you the truth. Like, how much more proof do you need? Um, so he's like, if you've got ears, just listen and understand yeah. me because this is the last time I'm telling you. And I say that, quote, this is the last time I'm saying it because he gets kind of mad here in a minute. Jesus does. And so the reason that people kind of get mad at Jesus is because he challenges their comfy, secure, self-centered lifestyles. You know, he challenges our self-centered, secure, comfy lifestyles. I, uh, I used to tell my youth all the time, like, um, we got to get out of our comfort zones. We got to – uh, uh be comfy in uncomfortable situations, you know, like be so used to being uncomfy that you're comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so, uh, but because of this, because he challenged them and because he challenges us, we and they condemned everything that he did. Um, So like he would sit amongst sinners, of course, like when he uh, brought Matthew onto his squad um, and (laughs) what, what was that? Yeah. Just ignore it. Um, when he no for real though when he brought Matthew onto his uh, discipleship group or into his squad or whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> he, uh, what was that? Time out. We can't we can't skip over that. What was that? I said squad. That. What is that from? I feel like I've heard that from someplace. Uh, I think it's a song. I really don't know. Um, okay. Anyway. Yeah. It not. caught me off guard. I was like, what? A squad? Yeah. <laughs> squad. Um, so yeah, when, when he invited Matthew, of course, and Matthew invited him to the dinner. And so he ate among sinners. And so the Pharisees mm-hmm. looked at that and said, why, how dare you, would you sit amongst the Pharisees? Like, you don't need to do that. Yada, 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 yada. And, uh, so, um, so let me ask you this, uh, maybe, right. maybe it might be a little bit of a rhetorical question, but how often do we challenge the word of God because it challenges us? 
explain that a little differently. So, like I was saying, so people got mad at Jesus because he challenged them, because he challenged their comfy, secure, self-centered lifestyles. So how often in our lives do we challenge what God says because it doesn't, like his word doesn't say what we want it to say? Or how often do we challenge what he says because it doesn't necessarily make us feel comfy? Okay. Oh. Hmm. Maybe not us specifically, but in general. I don't know. That's a good question. I I think often. I think, I I mean, I read the Bible a lot of times, like, for example, with LGBTQ+, like, right now we're being taught, like, we need to be accepting, we need to be loving, and of course we are to be loving to everybody, but... We're supposed to respect everybody. Yeah, and so, but when we hear that, when we're... Just because we don't agree doesn't mean we don't love them. That's what people need to understand. Exactly. But, like... Yeah. That's a whole different subject. subject. (laughs) Kind of. Um, It it does fit along with this, but, like, because we're Mm -hmm. groomed from such a young age now, to to act a certain way towards a certain group of people. Um, I feel like when we read the Bible and it talks about these things, it goes against how we were taught to act. We definitely feel uncomfy. And so, yeah. you know, when it talks about sin and, and say you're reading about sin that you struggle with, it makes you feel uncomfy because you don't want yeah, to break the habit. Conviction. It's conviction. Exactly. It's exactly yeah. what it is. You and, get straight conviction when you're reading stuff that you really don't want to hear, but you need to hear. Exactly. And if, you know, when you read or you feel that conviction, you know, it makes you feel uncomfy. And so, like I said, how often do we challenge the word of God because it a challenges lot. us? A lot. And a lot more than a lot of us realize. You know, I probably... Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I read... I feel like basically every time I read something out of this Bible, right, I feel like I'm like, I don't... That doesn't really quite sit right. Like one that I've struggled with the most is, uh, I think it's First Timothy chapter 2 where it talks about women in the church, right? Um, usually when... I have an unsettled feeling. There's good reason mm-hmm. for it. Um, and a lot of people, and of course, I'm still struggling with this debate, so I don't want to talk too much about it. I'm still internally debating. Um, but like the Bible does say right there in chapter two, of it's either first or second Timothy, that uh, women don't need to be pastors of the church because yada, 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 right? But I will say that that doesn't necessarily fit, sit right with me because I think of, the, my best teachers, and I think like half of them were women, you know? Yeah. Um, now, granted, that was when I was a child, and so because that's just the way the churches were structured. Um, and then I, I look at it now, and I think, okay, well, I definitely can learn a lot from women still. Like, uh, for example, mm-hmm. my mom, or like I used to hang out with my mom's best friend a good bit because uh, her son is one of my good – I'm about to be a Christian at his wedding kind of thing. So I used to hang out there all the time. And, uh, and so like she would always talk about the Bible, and I learned a lot from her and that sort of thing. So like – something doesn't quite sit right with that. So I, and I've, I've seen some stuff, I've, I've read some stuff about um, how that's kind of taken out of context because you look at like, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, there was a, a lady, one of Paul's disciples, that was a girl that he told to go and teach slash start a church. And so it kind of doesn't make sense because of course it's not contradicting, but there's, there's more to it than meets mm-hmm. the eye. And so anyways, um, Priscilla, I think that was her name. Um, so anyways, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know much about it. I need to do more research on it. But anyways, I say that because like there's always stuff that challenges the heart. But you know, who mm. am I to challenge the Bible? Of course, the Bible is the final say. I am not the final say. So um, you know, sometimes I just need to learn to get over my own uh, wants, I guess, and just kind of accept that the Bible is true. And I completely, I, I know it's true. Every word of it is yeah. true. But uh, sometimes I like to argue. So. Um, <laughs> But moving on a little bit, because we're, we're almost done here. So Jesus actually, uh, so he's in uh, Capernaum right now, or Capernaum. 
He's there yeah. right at, at this time, and he's uh, he talks about all these miracles he's done, and then he says, but you guys have still not repented. He said, because of this, it says that Jesus renounced the towns that didn't repent. So he renounced Capernaum. He renounced all these places that uh, didn't repent. And so he says, um, had Sodom and Gomorrah, had Sodom received the miracles that he had done, say, in Capernaum, that they would have repented. Wasn't but he Sodom said, and Gomorrah pretty much like everywhere in the modern world? Like, it wasn't like a very bad place. Yeah, it was very wicked. There's homosexuality everywhere. Um, there was a ton of sin. I say homosexuality specifically because that's just what's prevalent now. But there's sin galore. Um, Someone said to... it was pretty much the whole modern world. Like... Yeah, it's, it's def- definitely modern day USA. So um, that, that rhymed. Hey, um, modern day yeah. USA. Let's make a song. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I instantly thought of uh, Miley Cyrus when you said the song of USA. But anyways, born in the U. Oh no, that's a different song. That is. That was a, Kenny Chesney. A, oh well, that's it's fine. Party in the U.S. <laughs> that's anyway. It. I love that song. That's that's totally a bop, by the way. Um, oh yeah, it's definitely a summer white girl kind of bop thing. Hey hey, summer white man named Jared bop. Too. <laughs> um, <laughs> summer white man and Jared bop. That's there right. It is. Um, but he said that had they received the miracles that he had performed in Capernaum or Capernaum, that they would have repented. He said, but y'all didn't. He said, mm-hmm. he's, but he's like, no. So he, re, he, he renounced the towns that he did miracles in if they didn't repent. And then uh, I want to end with this. So Jesus ends this, this rant. Oh, I love this. I have this highlighted five times, it looks like. Yeah. So Jesus ends this rant with, you know what? Come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. And yes. a couple of uh, verses later, he says, my yoke is easy to bear because I burden you. Um, and sorry, but the burden I give you is light. And so when you think about it, in comparison to what Jesus bore, yeah, the burden he gives us is definitely light. Like all we're, all yeah. he's asking is for like to us to give up our, our uh, what we're looking for. our Worldly things. Worldly things, everyday commodities. Like he really just pick wants up us our to cross. Ch- exactly. To pick up our own cross. It says that's that later on in a few, ver- like few chapters. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's all he wants is for us to pick up our own cross. And, you know, it's uh, what's interesting about Matthew that. 16 is, is what it says. Is that where it's at? Yeah, Matthew 16. The, the very last thing in Matthew 16. What's interesting about that is when Jesus was on the cross, he bore our sins. So when mm-hmm. he says to, to pick up our cross, I don't think it's necessarily for us to take the burden of our own sins, but to acknowledge the weight of the sin that Jesus Christ carried himself for mm-hmm. us. Wasn't, could, there, wasn't there someone that helped him carry a little bit too? Like when, when he was being crucified, didn't someone... Did they like make a random person help him? Yeah, and I forget who it was. Um, but he was so weak that he kept falling, and so I think it was one of. Yeah. And this this might be a TV depiction, so I'm not could be wrong with this. But I know I think it was one... in like a, a case for Christ or something. Mm-hmm. Not case for Christ. It was Passion of the Christ. Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Um, and so I think one of the Roman guards was like, "Here, you help him out." Yeah. And so he, whatever he happened, to that guy. I wonder. Like, who was he? Oh, I, I will get to that. I guess. I, but... I feel like there's a really good story behind it and I, I mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into it at some point. Um, Everything which, happens it, for a reason in the Bible. Exactly. And it's, it's kind of cool because we're almost halfway through Matthew already. And I feel like I've learned so much. Oh of, yeah. Like the story of the Bible. Cause like I've read it, I've read it in bits and pieces. I've read Matthew mm-hmm. before, but I've never read it in such a way. Like I'm so that we can deliver it in this podcast mm-hmm. before. Because and like, like it helps that we're talking about it. We hear like different views a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And I think the guests are making that really fun too, because mm-hmm. they're kind of giving their outside input too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, I don't know about you, but like a lot of, like I've heard a lot of the, the, 
I don't know. So I listened to my dad as a pastor for 15 years. And so I listened to <laughs> only his teaching for the longest time. And so like a lot of times the way I interpret things is what he taught me how to interpret that specific verse. And so when I hear somebody else's interpretation of a parable or something, I'm like, Oh, wait a second. I yeah. like that. <laughs> you know? So I've definitely um, done that a few times. You've explained something. I was like, Ooh, I'll write that yeah. down. And same with you, like with the parable of the sower, like my dad has always talked about that with finances. Um, or sorry, not with finances, um, with that too. But uh, he always says like uh, you, because there's four different seeds or four different lots or whatever. And so mm-hmm. one of the four seeds actually grows properly. And he, so he says like, um, he basically uses that to talk about Christians. He's like, look, one in four Christians are actually saved. He says like, and he goes into this huge big thing about how, you know, and, and it makes sense. Um, yeah. But but when you talked about the parable of the seed and the sower, I mean, it was just a different view than how I'd always heard it. So I was like, wow. I don't remember I like what that. I said. What did I say about it? It was something along the lines of, because uh, you, you you relate it to the storm. I'm so bad about this because, like, I remember, like, thinking, oh, oh yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. How deep is your faith? Like, yes, and, that's and what it was. How deep is your roots within God? Yes. And that's what yeah, I Yeah, that's a good one. I love that one. Yeah. And. I don't know, because I don't know about you, but I mean, a lot of times, myself included at different times, was I tried to grow before my roots grew. And so obviously, Ooh, I, if, if that's I tr- a good one. Well, that's, that's what you taught me. <laughs> uh, oh. But like, <laughs> but like if it, a tree can't grow without its roots properly in place or else it'll tip over. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and I see this a lot of times on, uh, on TikTok, you know, where people, you know, they, they try to, they've got, they got too big of britches on, you know, like. Their tree yeah. is too tall for their roots. Like they aren't as. I'm knowledge. famous on TikTok now. Yeah. Yeah, and and I don't mean like necessarily in follower count, but like the, yeah. the stuff that they're talking about, they take things at face value. So it's kind of like cherry picking. Like they'll talk about a verse without mm-hmm. knowing its context, and so without knowing the context, it they lacks don't read roots. the full thing. <laughs> exactly, and so like it leads a lot of people astray, and probably them included. So that's why I kind of compare them to a rootless tree. Um, but you taught me that, so that's what I'm saying. Like I would have never made that analogy had you not taught me that. Um, so, but yeah, that's, that's really how Matthew chapter, um, 11 ends. And so it's, it's really neat. Nice. It doesn't talk about the roots. It just talks about, you know, my yoke is easy to bear burden. I give you as light because in retrospect, the burden that we can, especially in today's world, like Christians are facing persecution to a degree, but not to the oh, degree yeah. that apostles and Jesus bore by any means, not quite yet, at least. Yeah. Um, and so at least in America, they definitely are in other countries, but um so but anyways so yeah uh do you have any thoughts on that i don't i i I don't it was a quick and easy chapter really yeah yeah quick and easy um and i i I, when we say quick and easy that doesn't mean that it's you know straightforward like there's plenty of solid there's there's always stuff that you can get in between the lines and everything exactly um but so just to kind of wrap things up guys thank you again for watching uh please follow us on our socials you can find us at Yolk Christian Podcast um, on TikTok, on Instagram. Uh, here soon, there will be YouTube involved. We'll have uh, some video to the audio finally. Um, and so you'll be able to find us there at the same thing, Yolk Christian Podcast. But when you, when you follow us, send us a message. Um, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll be able to see it on Instagram before we can see it on TikTok because apparently if you follow us and we don't follow you, we can't see it on TikTok. But anyways, Instagram us on uh, – <laughs> Instagram us. DM us on Instagram so we can see your messages. Let us know that you're learning something. Let us know that uh, – what we're saying is fruitful that, you know, it's solid, you know, that sort of thing. We love the encouragement. It's very easy to get discouraged in this, uh, ministry for lack of better terms. Yeah. Um, so keep it coming. Uh, thank you again for watching. Um, since you prayed us out in the last one, I'll pray and then I'll let you close us out.
with Sweet. the middle. All right. Dear God, thank today. Um, sorry, God. Words. Thank you, God, for today. <laughs> um, thank you for Codus. Thank you for allowing him to be the man that he is. Thank you for allowing him to be raised the way that he was. Um, thank you for allowing us the opportunity to, to grow and impact this world in a positive way for you. Thank you for my beautiful wife and everything that you've given us, God. Um, thank you for blessing both CODIS and I uh, abundantly. Thank you for watching out for us, guiding us, guarding us, and protecting us. Um, God, uh, I'm going to try to follow the Lord's prayer here. But God, you are truly holy and worthy of glory. Um, God, I pray that you can help us to glorify you every day um, better. I mean, I, God, I know that I struggle with, with glorifying you and everything that I do. So God, please give us more opportunity to do so. Um, I pray that your will be done on earth uh, just as you've planned it in heaven, God. Um, we know that, or we, God, we thank you for the choices that you allow us to make. But God, I pray that you put me in opportunities where I can make the choice to better help your will uh, in a positive way or help accomplish your will in a positive way. God, I pray that you use me in CODIS. I pray that you use this podcast and I pray that you um, help us or help guide us to people and conversations um, that you want us to have or you will us to have. So God, give us this, uh, the uh, Lord's Prayer says, God, give us this daily bread. Um, so God, you know our needs. You know it better than we do, God. So we pray that you give us the, the needs of our life, whether it be food, whether it be drink, whether it be uh, spiritual food. Um, give us the nuggets of knowledge, God. Um, help guide us out of temptation, God, and forgive me of my sins and help me to realize the, the wrong that, doings that I have done to others. Help me to forgive them. Help us to forgive ourselves um, and forgive us of our sins once we've done that, God. Um, help guide us out of temptation, like I said before. Um, help us to overcome our temptation because, God, we know that temptation is going to be a constant battle. Help us to recall Scripture to help us get out of those moments just like you sent your son to, to you know, be as an example for us to do when he was in the desert, God. Um, but with all that being said, in Jesus' name, amen. And we got to say Godspeed. Godspeed.